Episode 244, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 5, Episode 11, All the Comforts of Home. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Welcome back. We're back finally after a month. No, we have had no <laughs> Agents of Shield for a month. We had Black Panther, that was amazing. There were the Olympics, that was pretty cool. But Agents of Shield is back. And so are I, we. <laughs> yeah. I am Agent Samantha and with me is I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm also here with I'm Stuart that's it. I got nothing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm back from the future. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to be back. Are you guys? Mm-hmm. I am. I am. Yeah. I've been waiting for this. This is. Yeah. I, I didn't. I, I didn't appreciate the month. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah, was a good month. I mean, in general. Yeah, it was. Um, and. It's always exciting to have the Olympics. Um, and Did, I, yeah, and again, I think it was very smart that um, ABC decided to put Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on hold so we don't lose those ratings for the uh, upcoming episodes because um, from the very mild spoilers that we have had so far and the little hints of, of the exciting things coming up, I think this is something that we don't want to miss. And so far, this episode has shown there's a lot ahead of us. Plus, we got to watch curling. So, you know, yay curling. Oh, yeah. It's true. It's yeah. true. I, if well, I don't know else, what it is. A... <laughs> I, I love curling, man. I, I We watched a whole curling. bunch of it, and I don't know why. We it, It's kind of because a weird. it's awesome, maybe? It, yes, but why is it awesome? Because... I felt the it's, same way about Downton Abbey. It's well, we, well <laughs> it's different. Awesome though. Here's here's the deal. It is hockey mixed with chess. That's that's what curling is to me. Hockey mixed with chess. Yeah, you're on the ice. You got the thing. You're sliding yeah. the thing. But there's all the strategy that goes into it. And yeah, I didn't realize how much strategy there was until we until we watched it. So. Chess. I didn't think of chess as being part of it. I thought it'd be more like hockey and pool, like like billiards. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, yeah. There's there's that element too of trying to you know hit the angle just right and and that you could also say uh, you know shuffleboard. You know? Yes. But um, uh, curling is something I've always wanted to try. And actually, my wife and I got a weekend away, and where we were going, we actually there was a, a ice. Um, rink or whatever uh and they did curling lessons but there it was all booked for like and up into the summer when they stopped doing it because of the olympics i'm sure but uh, i've always wanted to do it i've never had a chance to so i don't think daniel would appreciate you taking your wife to uh a curling daniel takes his kid (laughs) his his kid is that's right yeah i actually take that back because daniel's kid is is 
like going to be an Olympic curler. Or yeah, something yeah. His like that. his daughter does the lacrosse thing, and then his son, I guess, is trying out the curling thing. And I am, he's sending me these messages, knowing he's taunting me <laughs> because he knows I would love nothing more than to be able to just go down the street, you know, to to, to curl. And no, no, I've got a a rink right here. I mean, I can walk right now over to an ice rink. Um, in fact, another date night my wife and I did recently was we just gave the kids dinner and walked over to the, the skating rink and, and skated around for, you know, 40 minutes. And, um, it, it was fun, but yeah, it's curling, nice. is, curling is the dream. It's the dream. So, so what else has Daniel been calling in about? He's called in about, uh, <laughs> movies that we don't cover. And then also the Netflix series, right? Yeah. 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 So we've got another Netflix series coming out. Um, Jessica Jones, by the way, comes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Is this news? Hey, I was I was segueing very nicely, I thought. Oh, I thought you were jumping to it. Okay, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. C- continue your segue. And then. Uh, we got Jessica Jones coming in uh, in a few days. And then after that, now you can play the new sounder. Playing it now. Shield Intelligence Report. Luke Cage comes in on June 2nd. Yeah, June, that's is, not what I have. <laughs> what do you have? June 22nd. Uh-oh. Okay. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> you want to you wanna stop recording real quick? No, I just, uh, I'll okay. just look it up. Let's just look it up. So, look it up. Yeah. Uh, they dropped. I looked up. I, I got this information from the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I looked I'm it sure, up. I said June twenty second. I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yours is right, Samantha. <laughs> well, uh, according to Google, it says June twenty second. Well, I'm going to go with Samantha and Google. Fine. June twenty second is when Luke Cage comes back. <laughs> but speaking of changing dates on us sporadically, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Now that's a segue. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. We're, we're getting good at this. Yeah, yeah. We are. Uh, Infinity War has um, they got bumped up a week. Now this is interesting to uh, me because I will be in the House of Mouse on the day it's going to get released. So I have to make the decision. I really don't have to make the decision. It's been made for me. <laughs> Whether or not I get to see the uh, the Hollywood Studios fireworks. Or go see Infinity War that night. And I won't be able to see it that night, but I will see it that weekend. So that's my excitement. Yeah. Well, my excitement is uh, I was talking to one of my co-pastors at work. We're going to be at a conference (laughs) that day. And so we have to decide, like, how is this going to work? And I was talking to uh, one of my – one of the people I supervise, and she's going as well. And she said, are we going to go to the movie at the thing? And we just might steal the church van and make a, make a road trip. I, you know, if it's a road trip episode, make sure you go over the um, toll bridge to make it complete. Uh, (laughs) Hey, the last, the last uh, um, road trip episode I did for strangers and aliens was for the movie annihilation. I was by myself in the car. There's a moment when you're listening to it. It sounds like I was in a car accident. It was, (gasps) it was a pothole. And when you're listening to it, Oh my goodness. I was listening to it and I cringed myself. I knew it was coming and as I was listening to the, the, the edit and then I'm like, Oh, Whoa, did I hit something? <laughs> but it was just a enormous deep pothole, but it sounds like I slammed into someone's car. Those are, those are rough. I mean, the potholes are rough. Yeah. 
we're almost on to pothole season. It's not good. Uh, yeah, we're going through so it right you, now. But yeah, <laughs> so that did date. you guys? Yes. So that date. date. Um, I will tell you guys. You guys are going to be busy and out of town and doing all this stuff. I got nothing planned that day, so I am totally going to the theater <laughs> that weekend. <laughs> well, I'm I'm making it somehow, one way or another. I'm going, but this was oh. a surprise. Uh, but it kind of maybe shouldn't have been. Um, the the official word is that they they made the change because, uh, like usual, uh, it was scheduled to be in theaters in like England and and, and some other countries a week earlier than the States. And so the official word is we didn't want spoilers to get out for people in the States. So we went, we're going to bump the, the date up uh, in my mind though. I'm thinking less than a month after uh, um, infinity war is Han Solo or, or solo. I should say the star Wars movie. And this gives it a little more breathing space. I think. Yeah, it definitely gives it a little bit more breathing space. I do personally think that, the uh, official reason is a very is is a very good reason because can you imagine how many people are going to download illegal cams on this from the internet yeah <laughs> i mean everybody is going to yeah i i am it would make very good sense and make very good marketing for them to release a day and date worldwide yeah i don't necessarily agree with that for everything but for this thing Definitely. Well, I don't understand why they don't for everything, honestly. I mean, just I'm sure that there is some sort of good financial reason why you release it earlier in some places and later in other places. And sometimes it's here first and other places it goes next, you know, and sometimes it's other places first and then it comes here. But uh, I do appreciate that the, the spoiler warning, basically, that that the studio is giving us, you know, Disney is like issuing the ultimate st- spoiler warning and saying, hey, we're going to let everyone see it at the same time. And if you get spoiled, it's not because we weren't trying. So now my favorite thing about this, the official official reason is because uh, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. wanted to take a bunch of friends and he wanted to see it early. And he asked Marvel on Twitter, he said, can I see it early? And they're like, yeah, you know, maybe we can do that. And then he goes, but can I bring some friends? And they're like, yeah, maybe do that. Why don't we just release it early? And they said, okay. And then they released yeah. it early. He said something like, how about the whole world or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It, that to me was the best thing that they could have done. Yeah, it's a fun way to announce it. And mm-hmm. uh, it does kind of throw things off. And you made a good point, Stuart, in our, our thread because you said something about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. You're going to make me do this, aren't you? Yeah. Just say it. Say it, Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> this pretty much puts a coffin, bang, right in, or nail in the coffin, right into the idea that there's going to be any sort of crossover between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Infinity War. But yeah. maybe it's a big ploy. They weren't necessarily supposed to have a... Um, a hiatus this year. We didn't have one announced. We were told that it was going to be straight through. Maybe they shuffled some things around, did some last minute reef shoots. Maybe it all is to, maybe it's really spoilers, Robert Downey Jr. All of that to the wayside is to have a crossover between our show and the movie. That's what it is. I'm on my horse again. Thank or, <laughs> or maybe a couple weeks after age, uh, a couple weeks after after Infinity War, Agents of Shield will say, "Hey, Infinity War happened." Uh, well, we got a trailer for that. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when that was the tie-in 
for Age of Ultron, where the tie-in was basically, I can see the future. I'm watching the future right now. It's the trailer for Age of Ultron. (laughs) And I'm just going to say some vague things about the trailer of Age of Ultron. And then Age of Ultron happened. Mm -hmm. Just like I thought it would. With more specific details. (laughs) And the, the the same thing with uh, Winter Soldier is like, hey, if you went and saw Winter Soldier, you'll recognize this footage of the <laughs> crashing into the Triskelion. <laughs> no, no, no. Winter Soldier, there was a huge, huge, huge tie-in. But then, oh, um, absolutely. But I'm talking about reusing the same footage. Oh. Well, the other thing that happened with the uh, Age of Ultron was Coulson's all, hey, I'm going to go help a friend. And, yeah. And in Age of Ultron, Fury's all, hey, I got this I, uh, Herald Carrier from a friend. From an old friend. <laughs> not going to say who because he asked me not to tell you. He'd like to tell you in his own time. So, Which is never going to happen. I don't know. I still, you know, I'm normally Eeyore. I still do hold out hope that there will be some reference to the idea uh, unless unless episode 100 happens and Coulson dies. No, episode 100 already happened. No, that, that wasn't. No, that, no that's, that's the next episode. Next episode. That's, that's the next. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Coulson's dying in the next episode. <laughs> Have you done the math? Um, which episode's going to air on uh, April 27? No. No, I haven't. No. <laughs> no episode, no title for the episode yet, but it, it will be episode 19 of 22 from this season. Oh. Yeah, my my can't be Eeyore anymore, Ben. You're gonna have to do it. I'm sorry, I can't well, do no, it anymore. Because here, here's the thing: <laughs> if they hadn't done the hiatus, and they hadn't done the date change, Ages of Shield would have been done before, mm-hmm. before the movie. Mm-hmm. And so then the hiatus happens. So that throws in what three weeks? Three something. Like yeah. That, yeah. Okay. So that bumps the end of the season another three weeks forward and then they move the movie a week back so that means there's going to be you know that many more episodes happening after the movie i think that we're going to get to the end of the season and there's going to be some form of tie-in at the end of the season that's going to refer to infinity war but because but of the way but here's the here's the other thing i'm thinking where's our tie-in to black panther <laughs> like well there is none because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was on hiatus and Black Panther was happening in Wakanda. So yeah, I doubt we're – and plus a- S.H.I.E.L.D. is basically dead. It, the organization itself is dead. So they wouldn't be concerned about what's going on in Wakanda right now. They, they're more concerned about you know saving the world from falling apart. Yeah. I, I still want some Wakandans to show up. Yeah, that would yeah. be awesome. But, I want so I've been rewatching these MCU movies, and we just got done watching um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Quick plug! And welcome to yeah. the Infinity Initiative. That's another podcast well, feed that we have. You have to look it up. It's not part of this feed right now, but okay, yeah. But yeah, so I'm watching that, and I'm like, oh, our show is in space. What well, was? Why not have some Novacore? No, no Novacore. Because it was backwater planet that had blown up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't Earth. Know. Earth is a backwater planet. <laughs> it is. Let's face it. In the grand scheme well, of the galaxy in the Marvel Universe, in the MCU, I should say, it's it's mm-hmm. not important yet. 
in mm-hmm. in the comics universe it is super important, but it didn't start out that way. You know, I mean, it's just, so, but it's a crossroads. It's a nexus of all these different universes and all these different pathways to get from here to there. Uh, so you're a storyteller, Ben. I am sometimes. I, that's, that's what I hear. Uh, it would make sense if Thanos is going to come to, this is where I put on my speculation hat. If Thanos is going to come to the earth, wouldn't it necessarily be a good idea for earth to sort of, elevate in status in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Once Thanos, there's gotta be here. a reason yeah. he's got to get here. Well, there already is. Than... There's, there's gems, man. Well, there's one. The yeah. other three are the other, the other. No, there's one. There's two. There... This isn't time stone here. Well, you've got the time stone, stone with vision and you've got the stone, one stone that we don't know where it is, but people are speculating that, um, it's, it's in Wakanda. And, What's the other one? The time stone that's on that. that oh yeah. Yeah. So there's tap. potentially there's, there's three, there's three potentially. That's half mm. of them. Yeah. That is half of them. So that's a good, that's a good chunk of them. Yeah. He'll have to destroy Novacore first though. I think. Hey, just we're speculating right about the future right now. We just got back from the future. I think we need to top in our, our episode. Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need to talk about this episode here. Let's do it. Okay. Mission report. All right, so we are back in the present with our team, and the episode is All the Comforts of Home, and I'm not I'm not saving it. I'm just going to say I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed. I'm a little I'm underwhelmed. I'm not sure they're back in the present. Well, well, I'm not sure they're back where they should be. I'm sorry you're underwhelmed, but I'm not sure they're back where, they, back where now is. To where, be where do you think honest. they are? I don't know. There's too many. Uh, th- they said, oh, we're back home one too many times for me to be like, yeah, okay, I believe that. Plus, he went and had Zima. And I know for a fact you can't buy that anymore. That is not true. No, they're reselling it. Yeah, it's it's come back. I don't drink but then beer it went and away, But then it went away again. Uh, it went, well, it went away. Okay, I don't know okay. if it's went Can away again, but you buy Zima. <laughs> uh, so let me just say this: when it was brought into my store in June seventh, two thousand seventeen, it officially returned. Right, but then it, but I thought it was for a limited time. I don't know. I don't well, know maybe, either. Maybe in your store they discontinued it after a while. Surprise, surprise, because I've heard it's awful. I drank so much of that. Really? You have okay. no idea. I, I don't I don't drink beer at all or alcohol, so I mean whatever you guys say. Okay. It's well, out of stock on Walmart.com. Uh <laughs> so so that, okay, that so, might say something there, but okay, so what you're saying is they're potentially further back in the past than they should be? Right. And then with a character we're gonna meet in just a few minutes, I that why put that guy in there if he wasn't supposed to be there? Well, I actually have a theory about uh, this. Stone. Okay, what's your theory? I have a... Their timeline is set back to last fall, just a few days before they left. Because there's a mention of an Asgardian spotted in the city recently, and that took place last November. Hmm. 
Well, yeah, that took place in Doctor Strange. Not Doctor Strange, in, in Thor Ragnarok. That's right, Thor Ragnarok, sorry. Yes. Hmm. Well, yeah, technically Doctor Strange too because of the end credit scene. Right. But yeah. Well, okay. yeah, hmm. but it was when he was visiting Doctor Strange in Ragnarok. <laughs> you know? That's... Regardless, I think they got transported back too far. And so they're not now. They are back a little bit further. And I I don't think so just because of the way General Hale is acting. Yeah, and, that's and, that's where and the I was... thing with Piper. Yeah. So Piper's been on the run for a while since they disappeared. So I think that that might be our clue that they're they're at least in the present or in the future of the present. But it's mm-hmm. the near future of the present. So it's like totally going to be the present soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuz time travel is hard. <laughs> Time travel is very difficult. <laughs> they also mentioned most wanted like seven times in this. I'm the most wanted. No, I'm the most wanted. No, we're all the most wanted. You know I'm who's like, not the most wanted? Lance no. and Bobby. They Lance and Bobby. <laughs> no, they're not. Which made me as like, <laughs> why are you mentioning this so many times? I'm wondering. You know, again, I'm probably finding things that don't actually exist, but. It makes people go, hmm, I wonder if they're trying to implant seeds. I don't think so. <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. I We talked about General Hale. You want to talk about her right now? Because sure. she yeah. is not a good person. I like her <laughs> less than the last time we saw her. She killed our low-rent TV clones of Mulder and Scully. Uh, just cold-blooded. And now she's a really poor parenting example. (laughs) Well, she's trying to communicate. Never mind. I was, I just realized halfway through that sentence that I was literally defending the bad guy. So keep on. It's good to defend the bad guy. I mean, truth is she's trying to deal with a teenager and as a, as a parent of now four teenagers, um, it's a scary proposition. To, to say the least, you know, I mean, teenagers are some of the scariest creatures in the world. Um, <laughs> and, and I say that with no malice at all, having been one myself and appreciating now how my parents <laughs> dealt with me and having apologized to my parents after having been, uh, you know, a parent to a teenager myself um, and realizing, oh my goodness, what did I do to my parents? How did they survive? Uh, and they survived very well. Thank you very much. And, um, yeah, and, and now dealing with it myself, uh, yeah, it's difficult. Even more difficult when your teenager is some sort of black cloaked, cloaked uh, Batgirl clone uh, with uh, with Xena Warrior Princess's um, frisbee blade thing. I thought it was the blade thing from Tron, but okay. I, I did too until I was thinking about it. Xena Warrior Princess, you know, there, there's – there's that. And then there's also, you know, the idea of just a really nasty Frisbee, an aerobie. That's what yeah. it is. It's a, a, it's a bladed aerobie, um, which if you ever played with those, those were awesome. They would fly 50 yards and they were really, really cool. Oh, yeah, I have. Once upon a time, I did. Yeah, yeah. A lot of fun. I hope she's not a model after um, Black Widow. Who's you know, that'd be because, yeah. The fact that she's a daughter, I guess, means that she's not a model after Black Widow. It's really strange to me because she's a daughter 
and you think that she's just getting visited in her room and then the the hooded figure comes later on in the episode and it's kind of it's not a surprise i i think to anyone who's experienced story uh that the person you're seeing is potentially someone you've seen before um mm-hmm. so when they when they took off the mask later on it was kind of a, okay you know i interesting development but not a completely surprising development the surprising development to me was when her mom left the room and it wasn't just like a room in the base they're like these huge doors that they're locking her in right with her weapon or weapons she has that case with like 12 of them that she slides it into and which makes me wonder if that's actually her mom or some sort of genetic clone right i don't know it makes me really wonder who is this person? Why are they keeping her in there like that? Mm-hmm. Why are they letting her keep her weapons if they have to keep her in like that? Uh, does she have powers? Is it, What's going on? What's the deal here? Um, all we really know is that she has she has the weapon. She has the knowledge to use the weapon. And she is – I don't know what her obsession is with, with Daisy, but there's some form of obsession there with Daisy. Yeah. I wonder if she's like an inhuman. And so Daisy's there for like the poster girl for the Inhumans. Yeah, I don't know. Does she have it? Is it a positive thing where it really is? She's my role model. And maybe it's not a positive obsession, you know, because obsession, generally speaking, is not a good thing. But or does she want to like kill Daisy? I don't know. She's got a poster of Daisy on her wall. You don't typically have posters of people you want to kill unless they're the most wanted. Or it uh, all comes back around. Or you're some sort I, of serial killer stalker. Yeah. Right. Which is either is either for her. I think she's doing whatever she can to get close to her idol. And that includes becoming her idol's nemesis. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm just wondering how does this fit into whatever the climax is where Daisy either does defeats Thanos. Yeah. Either does or does not, you know, destroy the world. Yeah. I mean, that destroying of the world thing is a big deal. They're trying to downplay it. Like it's not a big deal, but it's potentially a huge deal. Um, and so you have to, you have to acknowledge it. You have to work with it. So, I mean, clearly they have a plan. Mm-hmm. Because they've shown us some footage already of what happened just before. Uh, Daisy's doing everything she can to avoid that situation and that moment in time. Mm-hmm. But and it's not just twelve percent of a plan either. I think they have a full plan. No, I, yeah, I think that the writers have a full plan. Uh, Coulson and his team may only have twelve percent, but right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that's General Hale and her her daughter, and that's the that's the kind of at the beginning and at the end, and it's interesting. And I'm really curious. I I like what's going on there. I like it because I don't know exactly what's going on. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. It's very ambiguous. I mean, this this doesn't feel it. Nothing is wrapped up. They have a little bit of a fight, and then they keep moving. And you see Zeke have a bunch of food, and then you're done. There's not a whole lot of like story arc you know nothing gets resolved right and and that's that it adds to my i'm i'm at least whelmed i'm not underwhelmed by general hale but i'm i'm at least whelmed by it so uh 
So starting at the beginning, then um, we arrive in the present day. We're in the lighthouse and we now know who made it. And it's everyone. Plus mm-hmm. one. So that was a little bit of a surprise, too. But right, because he, was he anywhere near a monolith? Yeah, yeah, he was near the fragment. Okay, wasn't he? Oh, okay, yes. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So that that at least made sense. And anyway, they arrive at the lighthouse and they they find out that it was created in case of this hydrogen wave event that could possibly have happened in the seventies. And they're greeted by Patrick Warburton. The tick. Yeah. Well, the tick putty. Putty. Um, uh, Kronk. Kronk. That's who it is. I was going to say Gronk, but that's a completely different character. Kronk. I mean, I love this guy. I love I, Patrick Warburton. It, the, the the flight attendant on Soren. Yes. <laughs> Patrick Warburton is, is pretty awesome. I, he is one of the few celebrities where I'm just like, I would love to just hang out with this guy. And I bet he'd be really nice. And, and My favorite thing I've ever seen him do. He did a commercial for M&M's <laughs> and good. you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I've yet to find it on YouTube. Yeah. Isn't that, that's the one reason like, you can't eat your own kind, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And so then they switch bags. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. It's like, it's not cannibalism if you're eating the peanut filled one. <laughs> right. And you're a milk chocolate. So, right. Yeah. yeah but right. Patrick Warburton is pretty, is pretty fantastic. And it makes me wonder why they bring in, I mean, he's not, known for doing super huge parts, right? He's known for doing sort of small one-off things. So I can see bringing him in here, but it almost feels like a waste if they're not going to come back to him at some point. Maybe they will. I mean, he's from the seventies. That's the impression that you get from what Colson's talking yeah. about is that that was set up for the seventies and they were going to, um, evacuate people to this thing in case this hydrogen, I, th- I can't remember if they call it the hydrogen wave or, or whatever, but in case the, basically the doomsday weapon was ever released mm-hmm. and, and the doomsday weapon was an actual uh, concept. I don't know if they ever created it, but they definitely didn't use it. But the idea was this doomsday weapon would destroy like all the hydrogen in the world in a chain reaction that would just dis- destroy the world. And this would be a safe place, which explains why it's, it became what it was in the future after the earth cracked apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this would have been a later a- agent Carter episode explaining oh, how that happened. Oh, that would Samantha, have been awesome. Why did you say that? Now you because it sad. would have been awesome. And I'm sad that it you didn't happen. Make us sad for what could have been. Maybe that yeah. still could be a thing though. A flashback episode. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, they could go the way of Firefly and do a comic book series We're never that comes out once every Agent three Carter. years. We're never getting any more Agent Carter. That's not true. I'm so... That's right. She's in the books. That's right. Well, you mean in Marvel Comics? Um, yeah. Yeah. She's coming in Marvel Comics. She is coming as an alternate universe Captain America. Yes. Where she took on the shield after he disappeared or something like that in an alternate universe. So there's some interesting possibilities they can do with that. But I believe that we have not seen the end of agent Carter in the MCU. That's just my, my prediction. I'm going to let you have it, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Here I'm going to let you have it. I, I am really tired and I've got a cold and yet I'm still the most positive person here. What's going on? (laughs) 
don't know. No, I I am letting you have your positivity tonight. <laughs> oh, thanks. I appreciate you allowing me you're the, to be positive. You're the you're the one. You're the one bringing me down. <laughs> So anyway, there's lots of things that are in this place that are protected from the rest of the real world, including not one, not two, but three monoliths. Yeah, that's a little, what the that's heck? a little freaky deaky. <laughs> and Chronicom Sheldon Cooper, a.k.a. Noah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're touching my keyboard. <laughs> so Noah is another uh was was it Chronicon? Chronicom? Chronicom. Chronicom. Uh like uh like oh what's his name? Enoch. Enoch, yeah. yeah. Enoch and Noah. Two old testament names. <laughs> oh. Uh, Ooh. And Noah being <laughs> the person. Yeah. Noah is here in the lighthouse, and Noah being the one who has the ark that saves all the people and animals from the flood. Uh so here he is in this place where he's to save people from destruction. Uh, he didn't make it too far, but no, yeah. you know what? Noah was also known to have imbibed in some, in some alcohol. So I'm wondering if Noah is the source of the, of the mystery of Zima. The Zima. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I think We'll just leave it at that. But yeah, he's a connoisseur of spirits <laughs> and a hoarder of spirits. I, he sold it to this one bar <laughs> in Massachusetts. So they he, we find out a couple things that give us an idea of the time frame. Uh, the Asgardian in the city and a politician deleting files uh, from the F- FBI. So, you know, I think yeah. that comes more from our world. Yeah, yeah, but. Things happen in our world that happen in their world, you know. Yeah. And there also has been a uh, light from the sky that showed up a few weeks ago. And so they're going to go. That's not happened in our world. Just might make sure that's clear. No, no, it hasn't. So they're going to go check out the lights. But Daisy must remain behind. And this is one of the m- most wonderful scenes of, of this episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. They come out into the town and they just drink in the world, mm-hmm. the sunlight, the breeze, just the fact that they're outside, and then they steal a VW van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, 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 no! Not just a van, a VW bus. It's called a VW bus. Oh, sorry. Okay. I I think they needed a big dog though, because that's the mystery van, <laughs> the mystery machine. And uh, I'm going to go, I think S- Colson might be um, Shaggy. No. Yeah. Max, Max, the Max, the head guy. Fred. Fred. Yeah. Uh, are you going to continue the analogy? No, okay. I'm done. All right. Because <laughs> I can't remember everybody and I don't think they all make sense. But I, I, I think I the joke is Scooby-Doo. I didn't. You know where my head went? No. Um. Jack and uh, Ozzy and Jack uh, World Detour. It's uh, Ozzy Osbourne okay. and Jack Osbourne. And uh, on their previous season, um, Ozzy wanted to tour in a 1970s um, like bus, um, like Volkswagen style bus, but it could not be green. And this one was red. So Ozzy would have loved this thing, even though on 
on the Ozzy and Jack show, their bus broke down after like 400 miles. Those things are <laughs> not well made. That's the no, one thing not. I know about. Like when I was looking into possibly getting one, the thing I kept hearing from people who, I mean, I don't know if they're actually in the know, but the thing I kept hearing was these things break down all the time and they're hard to get parts for, which yeah. is why this guy wanted to sell it and hasn't been able right. to. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but. Uh, he, you know where my mind went since, since you guys went where your mind went, I'm going to throw out mine. Uh, there is an episode of Stargate where the team goes back in time to the sixties and they end up in a VW bus and they're driving around in, in that and, uh, you know, dressed as hippies. But, um, that, that's where my mind went to was, Oh, here's our crew. They're all together. They're in the, they're in the VW. And so that's where my mind went. Okay. So. uh, But that's, that sounds awesome. I have not seen that episode, but it sounds awesome. Oh, it is. It is really good. And they do with that episode, they do the the typical thing like Star Trek used to do where they had to hide Spock's ears. Right. And and they have to hide hide. Teal's symbol on his his forehead. And it's it's fun. It's fun. And and then Teal like neck pitches the guy and he. No, 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 that doesn't happen. No. Uh, so we do get a tense moment then with a cop as Daisy realizes they're on the top of every wanted list with every law enforcement um, group. A, they're driving the van and a, there's a cop coming and he actually flips on the lights, toots the siren, rolls down his window and starts talking to them. And, and that's when Nick Fury says, do you want to see my lease? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, they, that's not it. Okay. Um, but they're, I mean, they're totally like Mac doesn't even want to be in this thing because they had to steal it. Right. And, and he, and Coulson had to promise Mac. We'll pay for it. We'll pay for it. And so they're talking about how they, yeah. Oh, he let it go. It was a steal, you know, and <laughs> it's, it's a fun moment. It's a tense moment, but then the cop, you know, just continues going thinking they bought, they bought it. And, uh, yeah, and so when they do actually get to where they're going, they leave a note to return it to the guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which was nice, and and that's a good Mac moment as well. Proof and I, positive that Mac is one of the best characters on TV. Yeah, and I mean we I just got done watching Winter Soldier, the best MCU movie, and uh, so when that happened, I was like, oh no, oh no, this is oh this is going to go very bad for them, and it didn't. And no. Nothing happened. <laughs> For Fury, it did go really bad. Yes, it did. It yeah. did, but it didn't in the in the show. So that's good to see. Yeah. Do you remember when the tie-in to Winter Soldier was also the tag scene? <laughs> yeah. Was the beginning of that whole battle with with Nick Fury driving around and. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. I missed them doing I miss tie-in. the tie-ins. Yeah. <laughs> the well done tie-ins. So they're walking through the town and Coulson's like, you know what? Just keep our heads down. We just need to keep quiet. No one's going to even know we're here. And then low rent TV star Lord shows up. <laughs> yeah. <Yay>. And any <laughs> uh, go hugs ahead. The tree hugs he, a tree. Okay. I wasn't going to the tree yet. He does. Hug oh, a tree. Okay. In my notes, I actually wrote, he gets up close and personal with a tree, um, but he gives the quantum leap. Oh boy. 
I don't know if you remember <laughs> Quantum Leap, but every time he would leap into a really awkward situation. And so this is Scott Bakula and he's switching bodies throughout time and throughout the world. And he, he would always like look in the mirror and see whose body he was in. And he just, oh boy. And, and this is, this is that, this is that exact kind of thing. In fact, this guy reminds me a little bit of Scott Bakula, but uh, that, I think that has to be an intentional reference to quantum leap. There, there's no way that it's not. Uh, I feel like there's references yeah. all over this, all over this episode. Yeah. Well, quantum leap is actually one of the greatest sci under one of the greatest underappreciated sci-fi shows ever. Yeah. Cause it's actually, you know, it's, it's based on a really dense sci-fi con concept. Yeah. Yes. It's not just spaceships. But don't think and, too and, hard about it. No. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, in fact, the, the creators of that show were just, you know what, if it works for the story, we're going to let it happen, even if it isn't, mm -hmm. even if it's basically, you know, it doesn't work that way in another episode, but it works that way in this episode. It's just whatever works best for that episode. Um, mm -hmm. It also has one of the coolest and least satisfying finales. Like, yeah, somehow they managed to make it both incredibly awesome and really cool and not satisfying, but perfect. It's, it's really this weird uh, ambivalence that I have toward that episode where it's just so good and yet you want more. But. I think they were hoping that somehow the show would be renewed anyways. I think they were kind of going with one of those uh, series finales where it could possibly just be the end of one season and then they're going on to the next. Speaking of, that is what our crew here is talking about for for this season there hasn't yes. been an announcement yet one way or the other about this this uh the series agents of shield but i did read an uh or an interview with um i think it's jed whedon and he's talking about how this the finale of this season could go either way and it will be satisfying no matter what happens with the show so that's and that's the way to do it you you have to do it that way um, especially with a show like this, that is, that is, has been teetering on ratings for, for a while, you know, I, I would, if I were Jed and Marissa, I would be looking at this going, okay, let's wrap this up in a nice bow. If we get another one, great. If not, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no reason not to like, why not give a good ending? And mm -hmm. then when it's okay, well, next season, we'll just do a new story with a good ending to that. And well, and and to be fair, you know, this is if Agents of Shield is part of the bigger MCU, and Infinity War is sort of the beginning of the end of the MCU, it would make sense that this also ends right around this time. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We will see. We will see. Uh, okay, so he is happy to be in the past, and this is a fun, fun sequence here where. Mm -hmm. He gets to have fresh air, which he has never had before. He sees life everywhere. He's outside under the sky. And then he goes into a bar where he had programmed a bar into his. Uh, <laughs> uh, his holodeck. Uh, yeah, it has holodeck. What, I can't remember what they called the that that technology, but he had programmed a bar into that. And he's like, oh, I got I got pretty close. He tries a beer and hates it. He drinks uh, – he asks for something <laughs> that tastes better, and uh, that's where the guy gives him the Zima. And at this point, I actually put in my notes, but what about his money? And then not only that, <laughs> uh, 
and I'm thinking, okay, one, you know, one drink and then one drink becomes two drinks. And then one drink becomes two drinks, becomes three drinks, becomes a burger and onion ring tower. And it's like, oh no, this is not going to go well. It's getting yeah. worse and worse and worse. And he is drunk and he realizes that they, he needs money and tries to skip out on the bill trips over the pool table or whatever and lands on the ground. He's just like, it's okay, man. I'm from the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is clearly not going to be okay that he, that he said that. So what do you think about this scene though? This is a great scene to me. I, I love what they're doing here. I really enjoy the character development of it. And, and I really enjoy the fact that you get to see him sort of experience things like Zima for the first time, uh, the, the, the onion ring tower. I mean that. Yeah. 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 It, it, things that we take, you know, pretty much for granted. He gets to experience for the first time and that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, the, my, I did have a little issue with this scene. It's just that whenever we've seen any sort of somebody from another parallel universe, any anyone from the future, anyone from the past who is aware of this particular point in the space-time continuum. And then they get to travel to that place. They always seem to stumble into a bar or go in somewhere and then get something and then they don't have money to pay for it and they end up in jail. Though, on the other hand, this was this version of that whole trope was well executed. And I was laughing throughout the entire thing, even though I knew that, you know, when at the end of the scene, he was going to be uh, like almost blackout drunk and he would have no way to pay for it and he would end up in jail. Well, and he tries to pay with his the wrist device thing that they implemented. And it's like, oh, it it is funny. And yeah, you're right. It's it's cliche. It's it's a cliched trope, but it fits well. With this character yeah. and his situation. Yeah. Yes. And and uh, what I do like is that he realizes that he needs to pay towards the end of that. He And then that's when he runs out and trips over everything. And Yeah. You know. Yes. It's not just like they caught him off guard. Oh, I've got to. I don't have money in the future. That was a Star Trek reference. Yeah, which doesn't make sense. I just. Oh. One. That's a long podcast, Ben. Oh, my goodness. It sure is. The lack there of, of money uh, in the Star Trek universe and why it doesn't make sense. I, For me, it just boils down to Kirk not really knowing what he's talking about because they do have money in the in the Star Trek universe. But in Next the Generation, Federation, they talk about it, too. Like just how the Federation just doesn't use it. Right. Right. No. Well, it, we're not going to get into the communism of the Federation. No. And, and, okay. Uh, so the team, they're in the Zephyr and Coulson not looking good, not feeling good. Uh, they figure out the light is not coming down. The light is being going sent up. from the earth. It's a beacon. It's the beacon that Hive used to bring the Kree to earth earlier. During this time, Mac and Yo-Yo have a moment together. It's very nice. Make me Makes me worried that one of them is going to die. But they, by the end of this episode, I'm not worried that any of them are going to die. I'm just curious how did they change the timeline? We'll get to it. Um, Daisy finds out that um, – is it Deke or Zeke? I can't remember. Deke. That Deke is arrested. In, in my notes, I put Deke. For some, for some reason, I was thinking I got that wrong. 
Uh, she finds out that Deke has been arrested. She takes Noah's clothes, um, which is a funny little moment. Uh, the team continues to investigate the light. They go to find the beacon, and they don't just find the beacon. They find Piper, an agent from last season. That's fun. And uh, So remind me again what she did last season. Last season, she was involved in all of the, um, the running around and, and fighting against the LMDs. Mm, okay. And and she was one of the named um people who were like flying the Zephyr while they were connected to the uh the framework. Mm, okay, now I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So she was one of them. And you're supposed to trust her. And I did trust her. And they the the turn was not completely unexpected, but it was a surprise to me. Um I'm I'm like you, Stuart. I was thinking this is a little bit too perfect of a place and everything's mm-hmm. going a little bit too perfectly. And so I was expecting something to happen. I just wasn't ex- you know, sure what it was going to be. So when Piper turned, I'm like, oh, that's the thing I was waiting to happen. That's the other shoe I was waiting to drop. But I also had my guard down f- with Piper. And yeah, so – she she says to them she's been most wanted as well. Uh, the beacon activates while they're there, and Fitz takes a look at it. People it, humans have have messed with this thing, and the beacon was not meant to call someone to Earth. The beacon was meant to bring our team in. So, question: Is the beacon what brings the Cree from the future? to the earth. I'm going to say yes, because they were probably running that beacon for a few days, trying to, trying to find uh, Colson and the team. Because that becomes part of the cycle. Colson and the right. team disappeared to go into the future that was created by the Cree or whoever coming to the earth and, and kind of taking over the remnants of humanity. But the only reason the beacon was being used was because they were in the future and had disappeared while Hale was looking for them. And right. Yeah. So it's one of those loops of the cycle that they're talking about, but I feel like the cycle might be broken here. I just don't know. We'll need, we'll need to talk about it. No, because there's gotta be a point in time where they are confronted head on with the cycle and they know that if they choose Path A, which is the rational path, the cycle would continue. But if they choose path B, which doesn't look like you should choose it, you know, it's the dark forest instead of the light forest. Um, they know that it won't fix. I mean, that's a standard. Yeah, I'm, that's a standard trope. I'm just saying this is part of the cycle that we're, we're, right. we're seeing the cycle happening. Your mm-hmm. path A and path B, I think it is part of it is going to have to do with do they try and save Colson? Because that's what Yo-Yo warned Yo-Yo about. Mm. You know what I wonder? If the difference is the presence of Deke. Hmm. Because that could be, I, I mean, this is a, this is that would be an unknown. Yeah, because we in all those flashback scenes that we saw earlier this season, um, with the team escaping the planet that's falling apart. Deke was not there. So I'm wondering if the difference, if in all those cycles before, if Deke was not present at all at that time. Yeah. Well, and sometime in this last cycle, he was convinced to go and help, um, save them, save the, um, 
uh, help Enoch, and that's what pulled him into our present. I, I think that's uh, from the information we have. I think that's probably the one of the better uh, ideas of what what could be breaking the cycle for us. Um, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. That's really good. Good job, Samantha. Yeah, I, I would I would totally give you a no prize if you weren't a host. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, how many non-no prizes do I have now? I think I'm Three. starting to gather them like, you know, Golden Globes or yeah, something. Yeah, no, you got the triple banana right now, I think. <laughs> the triple sombrero. The EGOT yeah. <laughs> of no prizes. Yeah. So uh, while all that's going on, Daisy goes in and pretends to be Deke's law, uh, lawyer. And and he, uh, he figures out to, to play along. But um, she's like, how do you show up at another time and, and still immediately get arrested? And um, But then they're stalled by paperwork because the cop who had stopped the team to talk about the van, you know, they, they, they tricked him. But he's not an idiot. And he recognizes. And he calls in. And they say, you know, stall, stall. And so he does. He gives them lots of paperwork to do. And... Yeah. Can we back up for a second? Sure. Um, Quake was being Sky, was being Daisy. She's on the computer. Yeah, yeah. No, she's, she's being. She's doing what she does well. Google couldn't talk to Sarah, which is, I was so glad to see that. So glad to see that she's back. And lost. She doesn't do as much anymore because now she's fighting. Well, she she is a high profile in human, so she would be easy to recognize. So. Right, right. But the fact that her character said, no, 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 I am better suited at the computer, which is something I think that they had in right. season one that they don't necessarily. That's that. That's the thing yeah. that happens when you diversify is you you you, you can be a, a master of all trades, but. You're going to have to choose one when it comes down to, you know, the team doing their thing. So. Mm-hmm. All right. The masked lady enters with a lot of troops and we get into act four or five or I don't know. Well, I lost track, but um, uh, four. Act yeah. four. So Piper has told General Hale everything and that's why they have this this beacon. The beacon is to pull in the team. Uh, the troopers are robots, though, not human. And so that allows them to you know, kind of cut loose as they fight them a little bit more. They don't have to worry about hurting people. Uh, they're just beating up robots, which I'm, I'm sure Mac appreciates that he's not beating up people anymore. Um, but here's where I'm wondering, are we looking at a, a change in the cycle? Because the Tron disc is used and Yo-Yo is using her powers and the Tron disc, she throws it at just the right moment to cut off Yo-Yo's arms. And it's gross. Mm-hmm. And I, I, okay. So in the flashbacks from that flashback episode, Yo-Yo had both of her arms when she was, Helping, as far as I could tell, when she was like helping people escape and stuff. Yeah, but Yo-Yo also has Fitz and Simmons, who created Coulson's fake hand. Uh, yeah, and, and that's that's an easy answer. 
to, to my own question, but I just assumed that her arms were cut off by by uh, yeah. the Cree, you know? Yeah. But no. Okay, so it seems like those events that, that Yo-Yo prophesied to Yo-Yo could be um, interpreted and then reinterpreted in several different ways. So all based on context. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's that's the way it works, especially in stories where you don't want to just have a, one character tell the other character, this is what happens in the story, and then right. the story happens exactly the way the character said. Uh, yeah. But uh, along with that, I I don't remember her, her – maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't remember her saying how she lost her arms. She didn't. I just assumed it was the Cree. And the fact that yeah. it happened here and now – before the flashback stuff where she had both arms in the flashback stuff, it just – it surprised me. Um, and, and beyond surprising me, it made me wonder, OK, is, is the cycle being broken already? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we need to go back and see if she has two left hands or something. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Yo-Yo. <laughs> we we weren't she, anticipating one person losing both arms. We were just anticipating maybe two people losing one arm. And so eh, you get well, what you get Carl, and you don't throw a fit. That's what we tell our kids. Well, That's Carlson right. has like a selection of different kinds of hands for different functions. So, I mean, it's, it's not impossible to say, well, or maybe uh, Fitz like took the thumb off of one and just put it on the other side of the hand. And Claw from Black Panther. Yeah. He's got – maybe she's got two two uh, sonic claw hands. Maybe. That's the Wakandans. The Wakandans can come and say, hey, we've got some arms for you. You know, we're, you arms, we're arms dealers now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, that's a good one. <laughs> that's it, a it's, dad it's, joke. It's, yes. it's, a, it's a dad joke, but, but you know what? It's you the are a positive. Dad. It's it's a good arm. It's it's you know open arms. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is bad news for her and uh, Mac. Obviously, this is really bothering him. And when uh, they come back and get back with Daisy, the moment there, that's a really nice moment where she just goes straight to him and just just gives him a hug. You know, because you know besties. Uh, they're, they're good, good friends. And, and that, mm -hmm. that moment is, is a great friendship moment. I really appreciated it. Uh, so the base, uh, the lighthouse has a place for the Zephyr to land. It has medical equipment for Simmons to operate. And I'm wondering, is this new normal for us? Uh, is, you know, with the, the lighthouse base, like this is a great place for them. If, if this is going to be their new normal, um, uh, unfortunately things happen here, but yeah, I I would like this to be the new normal because it's kind of an interesting place. You got the little sinkhole down in the down in the water or whatever, but I feel it's going to get blown up soon. Oh, it can't get blown up because that's what they see in the future. Yeah, yeah maybe it'll be the new normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Hale and her daughter face off. And Hale talks about how your work is sloppy and incomplete, just like my parents used to tell me when I was showing them that I did my homework. Mm. Sloppy and incomplete. Um, well, they're but, sloppy and incomplete, and then you're a disappointment. 
Yeah, well, and, and right. at least the beacon will do what it's supposed to do. You won't, but a machine will. And, <sighs> and what the yeah. what the beacon is supposed to do is blow up. Uh, I thought that there was like a homing device on it, and it was just going to lead them to the team. It just blows up uh, and kills Noah. Right. The, it, I, it doesn't do anything to the, the monoliths or anything like that, right? Well, we don't see that happen. I mean, it's possible something might, but they weren't sending the beacon to blow up anything specific other than the people. <laughs> and were, mm, is, it going to, is it going to be, I mean, maybe there is some sort of homing device that they were able to lock onto before it blew up, but it blowing up was a big surprise and it killing Noah was a bigger surprise and, but it, it was a surprise because that's, I don't feel like that's good strategy. General Hale, not only are right. you not a good mom, you're also not a good, uh, she's sloppy. She, yeah. And incomplete. <laughs> and incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Hale, um, she gets a, <laughs> she gets a Nick Fury moment when she pulls up next to, uh, we're in Philadelphia and there's a boxer who's jogging down the street and right. it's not Rocky, um, oh. but he could be Rocky if he were to touch rocks. Just saying. <laughs> We've already established the fact I'm a dad. I've got teenagers I'm obligated, <laughs> yeah. obligated to say these things. But uh, Hale finds Creel and she says, I'm putting together a team and he's all I'm intrigued. And. Yeah, so what's the team she's putting together? Well, we'll find out who else is going to be on the team. But the Sinister Six. Oh wait, wrong, wrong. No, I mean, I, 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 I like. I that. thought that was Deadlock. <laughs> Honestly, Deathlock. Oh, Deathlock. He's the Absorbing Man. Yeah. I know. I wanted it to be Deathlock, though. You mean when he turned around and you realized it's not him? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's good. I mean, she's putting together a team to take out the Ages of Shield. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember what the connection is with the Netflix series? Yeah, he fought uh, Matt's dad. Matt's dad, yeah. Yeah, Creel was uh, the last man that battling Jack Murdoch met in the ring before he died. Yeah, so. It's all all connected, even when it's not. (laughs) I'd I'd love to see Creel show up in the Netflix series. He'd do very well there. He would be a great opponent for Luke Cage. Yes. Yeah. A great opponent. Yes. Yeah. Season two. So June twenty <laughs> For me, this whole episode is there's there's nice moments, but I feel like it's nice moments setting up the new normal. And mm-hmm. it's nice moments kind of just getting things back into place so we can kind of get our bearings. As we move towards something, I don't know what we're moving toward. And and that's something – it's just me. I, mm-hmm. I like knowing the direction we're heading in. I don't need to know exactly what's going to happen and they can change direction. But I don't feel like I, ha- I have a real grasp of where we're going with things here and I would really like to, um, especially considering how fast everything was moving when we were in space in the future. I'd like to see, I'd like to feel like we're being led 
not feel like we're being put, not feel like we have to push the story. I want to be led mm. in this story. And I feel like right now we're, we're having to sort of push and sort of figure things out for ourselves, which is not bad. It's just, I want to be, I want them to know where they're going. And I want to see that. I definitely feel like they know where they're going though. That's true. I, I feel like the storytellers know the story they want to tell. Yeah, I, I felt like this episode that they were just trying, they were finally back in their own time and they were like literally back on Earth and they were trying to get their feet. Yeah. And and, yeah. and they absolutely were. I mean, that that's definitely what was going on. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think unless you guys have something else you want to talk about, um, <laughs> like uh, how bad a Eat mom that. Hale is. Oh, yeah. Oh, Let's let's review the two lines that she had. Okay, so at the beginning of the episode, what does she say? You put your phone down when you can just oh, then why put your phone down when you can just be a brainless drooling moron? Oh, oh. who says that to their child? I don't who know. I, oh, I'm not defending this person, I, but it is frustrating <laughs> when you're trying to talk to your child and they're using their phone. And it's just like a wall. It's this little I, tiny handheld wall. Yep. <laughs> I agree with you, Ben. <laughs> yeah, but it's I, not I, just I, kids. It's it's anyone that, that just is doing that rudeness. But yeah. I take yeah. away my kids screen time all the time. <laughs> a brainless drooling moron. Okay, that part. Yes. <laughs> you are absolutely That's right there. That's what got to me. Who talks to their child like that? Who is not on some level abusive. Well, which I think is, we're going to, we're going to dive into more of that as we learn more about Ruby. That's not the only thing she's abusive about. I mean, she locks her kid in a dungeon. Apparently she makes her go fight. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's not winning mom of the year awards. Yeah. She's treating her child like another soldier. Yeah. That's another thing I don't get though, is they send her out with a bunch of robot soldiers, which is kind of cool, but if they're if they have to like put her in this room where they are locking her in, um, and then they pull her out just to go and do these missions, um, what's the relationship there? What is it that keeps her from not just running away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm intrigued. I think it, Color me intrigued. I think, it's, I think she uh, the re- the only reason why Ruby is there is because her mother promised her that she would someday meet Quake. You're probably right there. You're probably right yeah. there. And then the other thing, you, so that was the first thing was the, the drilling moron. And then the other thing was, uh, hold on a second. Let me find the, um, at least the beacon will do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. You're my daughter dot, dot, dot. And a disappointment. Oh. Yeah. Like I said earlier, it's just, Oh, but, Brainless, drooling moron. Ah, Which makes me wonder if she's actually her daughter. Call child services. Yeah, I know. I don't think child services has um, jurisdiction. Jurisdiction, yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think what happened is that she became a mother. And she's in the military. And she doesn't know how to be a mother. So she treats her daughter like another soldier or something. 
And the, the idea of meeting Quake was like their compromise if she went into this program. I don't know. This feels like it went on. It's been going on for a long time before Quake was, was even a thing in, in the in the Zeitgeist. Mm. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think that she's actually her daughter. I think she's okay. robot clony or something of that nature. And and therefore can't necessarily have any uh that's what that gives the mom license general hale license to treat her like that i think it is i i think it is her genetic mother Uh, they are they have a dna link um and i think also it's not just a cloning kind of thing i think it's a, a natural um relationship as far as the she gave birth to this child but mm. I also think there's something unusual about the child that has caused it to look like this and to feel like this. Mm. And um, as far as not not the uh, the drooling moron part, but the putting her behind great big steel walls and making her into a murdering murderer who murders or at least attempts murder. Um, I, I think that, that's my feeling about the, the relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either that or General Hale is just a really terrible person. But I think we've established that <laughs> already, random, like earlier this yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. It's just random kid. She's like, ah, I, I just I just talk to everyone like this. I just talk to everyone like I, I, I'm your horrible mother who hates you. That's how she copes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I never had any children of my own to hate. And so <laughs> I'm going to just every child. I'm just going to treat it like this. Okay, so she's the the MCU's version of Mother Gothel from Rapunzel. Yeah, and she's just yeah. 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 Oh. Okay, yeah, I'm just going to call her MCU Mother Gothel. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we need to read some emails because we've got a couple different uh, emails and a voicemail about this episode. Plus one about mm-hmm. Black Panther, but maybe we'll. I don't think there's any spoilers in that. Um, we'll look quickly and make sure. Uh, that there's no, I don't think there's any spoilers though about about Black Panther. So, yeah, let's play the sounder and let's listen to some listener feedback. Shield Field Report. Okay, so on further review, um, <laughs> we thought that the Black Panther feedback might be spoilers, but and it does slightly, but not enough for us to feel bad because we cover things in the past. But we don't cover things in the future, so there is a, a message of feedback that we got from Agent 084 that is going to be post-credit. So if you want to stick around for that, it has to do with some things from the promo that was played at the end of this episode, promoting next episode, episode 100. And I didn't want – as I was looking through this, I was – I hadn't seen that promo, and I'm like, what? What? Uh, then I watched the promo, and I'm like, wow. I just so, – I just thought I missed something because I didn't see the promo. So I'll have to look that up on the internet. Well, Stuart, I recommend if you don't mind the spoilers of the type that say, hey, you want to watch this episode because there's stuff happening and here's some of the stuff. The promo is a really awesome promo. Uh, Of course, I watch on Hulu. That's why I didn't see the promo because I don't watch it on live TV now. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I haven't seen a promo for this almost the whole season. Uh, but this one, it was pretty fantastic. However, we're not going to talk about, we, we never talk about promos, uh, in regular episodes because it's stuff that's in the future, but mm-hmm. 
we will be talking about it in post credit. So there's that. But we do have a couple other messages. So, uh, Agent Samantha, I think you have the first one for us from Agent Coco. Yes. Yes. From Agent Coco. Uh, the subject is Black Panther. Hey there, I've been listening to your show for a long time now, and I have often often appreciated your recaps and perspective. But I have to say I was especially pleased to hear your rave review of Black Panther. I am a black woman who loves Marvel comic books, science fiction, superhero, fantasy type stuff. And it's been quite frustrating to enjoy a lot of this stuff because oftentimes it feels like the worlds uh, created are rarely diverse and black folk are folks are uh, rarely centered. So, for people like me, Black Panther was not just another awesome Marvel film. It was a chance to see ourselves as smart, beautiful, brave, funny, deep, complex, multidimensional characters. There was no objectifying of women. There were none of the uh, typical stereotypes around what blackness is. And and, um, most importantly, it displayed African culture in a positive light. There were many aspects of the film that were rooted in ancient African spiritual traditions and ways of living. Many of my friends were moved to tears, and this film has caused waves of pride and joy for the black folks all over the world. I was a little nervous when I got the notification in my feed of your podcast about it because I love listening to you guys and was worried about how you would respond to it because it's so different from typical Marvel movies. And I have been seeing a lot of negativity from white Marvel heads online, but you gave it a good solid review. And I really, really appreciate that. This film has tremendous impact on the black community. And it's nice to see that white folks can appreciate it as well, not just for its cultural significance, but because it's great. It's a great interpretation of Black Panther's story. Visually stunning, great acting, and well-thought-out plot. The gaping hole for me is that Killmonger's mom is never mentioned. Not sure if this is on purpose, but I chose to think not only was he driven by grief and rage from his father's death and being abandoned, but it seems that he was never nurtured and loved. He has only known violence and war. So although I hate his behavior, his actions kind of made sense. To him, to win is to conquer. Also, I don't think he's dead. I I also don't think it's a good idea for Wakanda to share their resources. But I know it's a setup for the next film. I could go on to say more about how seeing Shuri, Okoye, and Nakia in action is a life-changing event for me and black girls and women in general. Or the amazing costumes or the significance of the visits in to the ancestral plane or but this letter is going long enough needless to say i loved this movie and consider it my favorite marvel film thanks for the awesome podcast friends keep up the great work and thank you agent coco again thank you for bringing another voice uh to to the podcast and allowing us to to have your thoughts about that we appreciate that very very much so i agree with everything ben just said i do have one question and i would I would love to have this conversation with you, but I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Um, why do you not think Wakanda should share the resources? I'm very curious about what um, the background behind that sentence. So if you uh, feel like you want to respond and have this conversation off, off whatever, let me know. We'll absolutely have it. Cause I'm very curious about what 
you are thinking when you say that. I have my own ideas about that, though. I, I, I think it's because the world in general is kind of not good. And well, that, that kind yeah. of that stuff gets perverted and. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I don't disagree with that. I just, the world's never going to be good if we don't strive to make it good. And that's yeah. the MCU world and that's our world. And, and I don't want to get into more of that, but. Yeah. But that was I'm also one of the plot points for the movie. You know, do we keep this to ourselves or do we try to expand and reach out to the rest of the world? Mm-hmm. Well, Agent Coco also wrote in about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so this is about um, the season. She says, I'm so happy that my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are back. I never enjoy the dystopian future arc. No, no, sorry. I really, not never. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my brain is fried. My voice is fried. um, And we're going to get through this together. I'm going to start over, though. I am so happy that my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are back. I really enjoy the dystopian future arc. I really liked Flint and Tessa's characters, and I will definitely miss them. But I am happy the team is back in real time and dealing with a whole new set of problems because the Cassius wore me out. This episode felt a little mm. clunky to me, but I'm guessing that's because it's basically a setup for the next pod. So now we will have to establish a whole new set of villains and conflict, which takes a little time. So now it's about establishing the new threat, which is this cute emo sociopathic teenager and her cold, mean mother. Yikes. What a scary combo. I wasn't a huge fan of Deke and was not really pleased to see him again. So uh, he was so wishy he was so wishy-washy on the broken planet and I really don't want him to set up a love thing with him and Daisy because that would be cliche. But uh, plus, I think she's a stronger character when she's single. I get a brother-sister vibe from them anyway. His behavior at being sent back to the past really amused me and really endeared me to his character, especially when he hugged that tree because I could relate. Growing up in the city, lacking nature exposure, and being in the woods for the first time, I also hugged the trees and felt extremely excited at how cool the world looked and felt in that moment. A lot of stuff didn't make sense in this episode. The town felt fake. And also, like, where is Hunter, Polly, and Robin? How do those monoliths end up in the lighthouse? How is Yo-Yo going to survive having her arms cut off and that explosion most likely cracked the cases the monoliths were in? I'm trusting the writers to tie it all together, as they always do. That scene with Yo-Yo really upset me, as she is my favorite character, and the visual was a lot to take in. Sometimes the show feels a little over the top with the violence, and although I watch some episodes repeatedly, I tend to skip over scenes like that in the second time around because they freak me out. I really want Daisy to get her powers back, and I really need Coulson to apologize for icing her before they time-jumped. I know his heart was in the right place, but I still felt uh, a little bullyish to me. Him not respecting her wishes and her stance annoys me a little bit. That's all I will say about that for now. Thanks again for the great podcast. And thanks again for the great feedback. And what do you think about that, Uh, Coulson not respecting her wishes and icing her anyway? And making the choice for her to bring her back. Yeah. I thought Daisy should have been more upset about that. And he does owe her an apology. I don't disagree with that. I am going to counter it though, by saying we've always sort of had Colson be the dad of our, of our show. 
Coulson's was the dad, May was the mom, and the others, everybody else was the kids. Max sort of is like that gruff, un- gruff uncle who sort of knows everything and, and is, you know, like the wilderness guy. Um, <laughs> you know, like the guy who could, you, you can make a bow and arrow out of like yeah, a yeah. string and yeah, that guy. Um, so as a dad, uh, I don't think I could, um, I don't think I could, could let my daughter stay in space and and be you know there on her own um but i don't know that i she's my daughter's 11 not <laughs> not a grown woman so i guess that's a difference there is a fine line of allowing someone to choose for themselves letting them make a wrong choice and letting them make a harmful choice and letting mm-hmm. them make a self-destructive choice and you know cuz if you if you know someone is suicidal, you take away, you know, they're well, it, this is going to my my uh, experience working with with troubled youth, but you take away their belt and you take away their shoelaces and you take away sharp things like paper clips. You know, um, we had to put our, our unit on lockdown because someone uh, had a paperclip go missing and we had to find that paperclip. Because uh, there was a kid in the in the the unit that I was working on, who was into self harm, and you know, so <clears throat> on on one hand there is you know absolutely, you know, Daisy's a grown adult, and can choose and is making this choice for the right reasons. Colson is saying you're making the, you're making the choice for the right reasons, but it's the wrong choice, and it's going to hurt everyone if you do it this way, and. So how do you, you know, it, it's a fine line, um, but definitely you still want to have that apology conversation, you know, and um, yeah, because you yeah, go back and I forth, mean, like, I, you, once you take the choice out of someone's hands, um, you are saying, I know better than you what's best for you. Mm-hmm. There are some situations where that is absolutely true, but there are other situations where you say, even though I know what's better for you, I let you do what you what you're asking for so yeah but the thing is is that that she was not a suicidal person she was making a choice to prevent the earth from cracking again even if it means her own end right and and he was saying you don't have to die come with me anyway you know and and so that's i mean i'm i'm citing the most extreme situation where you take the choice out of someone's hands there's also where, you know, you push someone into doing something that they need to do um, because, you know, they've got to learn somehow. So I'm going to push you off this bridge into the water so you can learn how to swim. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just it's, I, I think comparing her to someone who is suicidal is not a, a, a proper comparison. It, it's the exaggerated comparison. What I'm what I'm saying is she was making a choice that was going to either cause her to be dead or hurt or alone in space. And he was saying, no, you're coming back with us. Do you think his decision was based in a place of selfishness, selfishness? Quite possibly. Yeah. I don't want to live my life without you being in it. It, Mm. Maybe, maybe I, 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I definitely think it came from a place of, I know what's better for you, no matter what you say. And Daisy is a grown adult. And this is where I'm saying, this is a fine line. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying one way or the other that he's right or wrong. I'm just saying I can understand the choice he made and probably potentially would have made the right, the same choice as well. Um, because we don't want her to be left behind. And it's a TV yeah. show. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really, that is a really difficult thing. And that's why I'm glad we get emails that call that out because that's not something I would like, I would like, yeah, there's, you're coming back there. No, <laughs> there's no question about it, but I am not on, I mean, I identify with Colson more in this than I would in Daisy in this situation. So the fact that we have other uh, listeners, uh, you know, people writing in to say, no, this is another thing that you guys might want to think about. I appreciate that. Well, it just bothers me because she's, she's not a child. She's a grown adult. She can make decisions for herself and he took away her freedom of choice. Yeah. And that's what bothers me. He absolutely did. Yeah. And that's not okay. There was a scene when she wakes up between herself and Colson. And he said that I, um, I made a choice and I need you here and she accepts it. And it's just, and and that bothers me that she's like, okay. And, but she's also still sort of rebelling by trying to stay in the lighthouse. Yeah. But then there is the idea of, okay, he's saying, I need you here. It's a tactical choice in some ways as well. And he is her superior officer. Yes. And if you're looking at things in the sense of, uh, you know, that order of command. Um, then again, is there an order of command anymore? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, she, she, she pulled a Spock or she tried to pull a Spock, right? She tried to go down into the, into the thing and, and save the enterprise from getting blown up by the radiation or whatever it was. But right? She didn't even ask if the ship was out of danger when she woke up. She didn't ask if the ship was out of danger. So she didn't do a very good job, but that's what she was trying to do. She was trying to give the ultimate sacrifice to, for the betterment of everybody. And, it, it, and Coulson was like, no, <laughs> the difference is if that scene had ended with, uh, um, you know, McCoy getting down there in time and actually stopping Spock and, and, right. and, and you're like, well, no, I'm not going to let you. And here's a hypo spray. And now you're unconscious. And now we're going to blow up and die. <clears throat> I guess, I guess the out of it is that they didn't, uh, uh, Daisy didn't put her consciousness into, into Noah. Yeah. yeah. Well, and mm. the other thing is how is she going to respond to this and how has she responded to it? And, um, you're right. She, she's kind of taking it all in stride. She's already back to normal. The difference is I'm just not going to go out anymore and I'm not going to go to the places where um, me being out in the the open uh, like that video showed could lead to the, the earth being destroyed. And, and that's pretty much the, the only thing they've addressed with that. So, yeah, it is interesting. And, and I do I'm with you, Stuart. I, I kind of maybe fall on the dad side of this, but. The other thing I'm trying to say is, okay, so what if it was me? What if I was Sky, and and I was trying to do the Spock choice and and save the world by not going home, and then my boss shoots me and <laughs> doesn't let me do this. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, you, that's a once you put yourself in that situation, then you're oh yeah, that's different. That is very different, and and I don't like I said I I don't know that I can necessarily speak to those things, um, but I do appreciate the question. Well, speaking of speaking, we have a voicemail to read right now. Not read. Play. Listen to. Uh, I'm telling you, my brain is completely <laughs> fried. That's it, okay, Ben. We got you. You got your back. All right. All right. Here comes Agent Daniel. Agent Daniel here. You know, honestly, I'm supposed to be talking about that last episode of Agents right now. But instead, I just find myself fascinated with the fact that forgot to call in about the white wolf and I, I messaged Ben like you know who the white wolf is I'm just saying <sighs> well I'm going to talk about agents eventually but I'm just saying it makes a lot more sense now why Bucky in that trailer is at the very very front of that Wakandan army because he is the white wolf uh, agents of shield hey we're back in time we're back at now our Disney star is the bad girl and apparently fate is something you can't escape as we see things begin to... But I'm confused because I swear when they were in the future that Yo-Yo did have her arms when she was going off to fight the Kree. So that has me totally a little confused. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I could go back in time and look. But I swear she had her arms when she stormed off because, you know, she was mad at the Kree and... So I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I want to be excited about agents being back, and maybe it's just the fact that it's a quiet Saturday night. But you know, I'm just just didn't feel this episode as much as I wanted to. It's, felt TV-ish. Yeah. Yikes. All right. Well, I still love my Agent Coulson, so uh, this is Agent Daniel signing off. Peace out later. Bye. Well, there's Daniel. Basically, he's saying, Ben, I completely agree with you. That's what I heard. Yep. <laughs> I also so, heard him saying uh, it felt like it was TV, and I just want to throw mm-hmm. this out there a little bit. Uh, it, it is mm-hmm. TV. <laughs> So there's that. But it, it definitely felt TV. Like I understand what he's saying. Yeah. Everything else, Daniel, you're wrong. Everything that's true. But this definitely felt like TV. What are you talking about? He's wrong. What? He said, "Tell me if I'm wrong." I just oh. naturally assumed that Daniel's wrong. You weren't even really <laughs> listening to what he was wrong about. Is what you're saying? He's yeah. He's just in general wrong. Okay. Well, general. Yeah. yeah, yeah um. So and then we have. Right? Go ahead. I, was, I was going to say, and then we have Coulson as we know him, at least for another week. I don't know what's going to happen next week, but it's going to be big. Thanos is coming. Oh. Yeah. I'm serious. I am really worried that he's going to die next episode. And that's not from anything I've seen, read, or heard, other than they said something about, like, oh, it's going to be heartbreaking. And I don't know what that means, um, because they were intentionally vague about it, but... I'm worried. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll have to find out next week. Yeah. Uh, what is this white rabbit thing he's talking about? White wolf? Yeah. White wolf. What do you mean? Is white rabbit something else? What, white wolf? Who is that? Is that Bucky? 
Yeah. What is he talking about? He's talking about Black Panther. Okay. Yeah. White Wolf is actually a character from um, the comics, and it's not Bucky in the comics, but it's a character from the comics, and White Wolf is a character that gets name dropped in Black Panther. Oh, that's right at the end. Okay. So. That's right. He was referred to as White Wolf. Like I said in the show, I'm gonna. Wa- I have to watch that again. I do too. I need to. I need to take my daughters to see it. So. But I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to. But I'm going <laughs> to try. I'm going to try my hardest. The Make question them spend is: spend their birthday money. No, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll spring for it. I'll, I'll pay for it. The question is: Do I bring my son again? Because if I do that, then my teenage daughters are going to be like, "Well, why does he get to go twice, and we only get to go once?" And then it becomes this this whole thing. And I'm like, I got to lock you up in a room with steel doors. <laughs> and it's just, a, it's just a big mess, big mess, sloppy and incomplete mess. So, uh, okay, let's, let's, uh, close this episode down, uh, post credit. We are going to read that email from agent. Oh, Uh, that email has to do with the promo that was played at the end of the episode on network TV. And like I said, I've gone back and now I've watched it in the in the time it took to play the sounder, which is a lot a lot longer than the actual sounder, obviously. <laughs> um, and uh, so we're going to read that and talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, but uh, for for people who are going to stop listening right now, uh, Agent Sam, Agent Stu, do you have any any words for them? Thank you for listening, as always. Thank you. Did you catch that there was a shout out to us in this episode? The fans? No. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, May has a line. We have a small but active fan base. Yeah. That was nice. Thank you, May. <laughs> that was nice. And that was nice. <laughs> and I'm just gonna end with again some just words of advice for everyone uh to contemplate to think about um, and, and just really to, as you move forward in your life to just hold on to this, this nugget, this morsel, just always remember it's totally impossible to imagine anything you can't imagine. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177-55-LEVEL-7. You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. All right, Stuart, let us have it.
I'm going to read 084's email, Agent 084, AOS season or 5.11 feedback. Finished season five, episode 11 minutes ago, and I'm shook. I didn't think Yo-Yo would lose her arms the very next episode after we find out what would happen to her. So the second I saw the blade thrown and her zipping back for Mac, I gasped. Natalia, Natalia Cordova Buckley really sold the shook the shock of an injury like that. And the effects were accurately gross. Creel coming back makes perfect sense to me, but lash and hive seem far fetched lash, I guess could be revi- could have been revived with Cree blood, but a, where did Hale get Cree blood and B lash has shown a soft spot for shield agents back when he was actually on the show and hive no idea how they could possibly bring him back. I'm just hoping they keep him all squid like and, and we can go one season without seeing Ward's face. I agree. You know who else? You know who else was in that Shield 100% 100 promo? Ghost Rider. Was that just to remind us of different things they've gone through, or do we get Robbie finally back? Apparently, in order for them to get out of the loop, Coulson has to die. So maybe we finally get to know what the deal he made was the 100th episode is supposed to be soul crushing to fans according to the actors so it would make sense to see the foundation of of the show get killed off will ben finally be made to say that dreadful phrase guess we'll see and i'm both excited and nervous about next week okay so you know who else i saw who uh ada Oh, there's uh, yeah. it, it's a. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched the the Bionic Woman when they would have the uh, the androids on that show and the faces would come off and it just kind of looks really creepy. That's the one glimpse you get of. I think it's Ada, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks like they're bringing back like all these villain pieces. And I, I don't know if they're bringing them back to be something that's just scary and they're not really there, or if they're actually coming back to be there. But they could totally bring back all these villains without actually bringing back the actors because right <laughs> the way that Ada looks and Hive and right. even Ghost Rider, you know? So, so here's, I watched the promo, just found it on the internet. Here's my worry about that. When I read his email, the Coulson's death in the Avengers was what brought the Avengers together. Okay. And so then he comes back and he's, you know, they have five years of legacy or whatever. Do we just erase that? You know, do we just erase that, that, that meaningfulness in the Avengers or do we, have we moved on from it? I guess my question is, does it matter? Did that matter to this? I think it mattered then, but doesn't matter now, I guess is a way to put that. What his, his Um, sacrifice then does, does it matter? course it does doesn't matter now though well it matters now in the sense that it happened then yeah <laughs> i don't know i just ask that for an answer yeah that's that's a good answer um i because we as fans at least some fans have always have wanted to see you know cap see colson and if colson dies mm-hmm. <laughs> cap's never gonna see colson but it won't matter then. Yeah, I guess you're right. The five years that have happened since 
Coulson died and mm-hmm. came back won't matter to Steve Rogers. But I think they would matter to Captain Rogers. I think Captain Rogers would care. Maybe, but maybe, I maybe. see your point. He'd uh, totally care. What do you what do you think, Samantha? What do you think about all this? The, I this think promo. the soul crushing reality is Agents of Shield is no longer a part of the main MCU universe. I think they're going to find out that somehow they have broken away, kind of like Doc uh, Doc Brown explained in Back to the Future Part Two that there was a parallel split, and they're in that splinter universe, and they need to find a way to get back to the main universe, which is how they're going to going to completely miss Infinity War. (laughs) I I. the, the, this promo was interesting, and you have Sky saying, she, "You know, Agents of Shield. The, the agent Shield is no more. Shield is mm-hmm. not a thing anymore. Um, that's a reality. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. Well, we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen. But I'm, I am worried. I am also worried. I'm also nervous. Um, uh, this episode, I may try and watch live on Friday." Uh, we'll see if I get a chance to, um, but I'm not so much nervous that it's going to be a good, well-produced episode. Like I, I feel like it is going to be a good, well-produced episode. What I am nervous about is how it is going to change the things going forward. You know, like we've just talked about, we have, we have our new normal. They're in the lighthouse. That's base of operations. Yay. Go fight bad guys. This episode is going to change all that, and it's going to change it for a way, you know, the better or the worse. I don't know, but it's going to change it, and change is never good. Nobody likes change. Uh, yeah. It's not never good, but it doesn't always – It's be- not not – yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't always feel good. Uh, we'll see. We've had so many new normals, though, in, in this – We've had five seasons, but there's been 10 shakeups that have completely changed right. everything. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, my biggest my biggest hope is that it has some sort of connection back to the movies, back to the movies. Yeah. I'm not, it's not going to. I'm not convinced that these are actually real things, but I am I am thinking that uh, Agent 084 is right, that this might be when we find out what the deal that Coulson made with, with ghost Rider. It would make sense. That's a good, I mean, that was a good seed to plant there. You've had time to let it germinate and now we're going to see the bloom. Yeah. Oh, which would make sense. Why this spidery looking black stuff is growing underneath the same spot where he was stabbed by Loki. Yeah, there, there's there's all sorts of symbolism and and connections to to the previous seasons and yeah, episode 100 though that is not nothing to sneeze at. And it's next week, which I'm glad I wasn't looking for. I mean, I'm glad I wasn't like counting down the days to that. I'm glad it, it kind of crept up on me. And I would just say that if I were to sneeze, I would mute my microphone. So <laughs> it's actually I'm using this microphone. Uh, set up even though it's not the the best it, because it's easier for me to mute because I've been coughing I've been sneezing 
it's been bad. So this episode I think is officially done and I do want to thank everyone mm-hmm. for listening. Thank everyone for writing in and yeah. And thank you, you to you, uh, Samantha and Stuart for spending your time talking about shield and star Trek. Thank you. Yeah. And, and star Trek. Trek. Yes. And Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> and quantum leap. And quantum leap. No star Wars though. Not this week. No. Good night. And I'm okay with that. I... <laughs> <laughs>